Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Coach's Corner University Podcast. I am your host, Paul O'Need, and today I have a distinct pleasure of being joined by my brother from another mother, Nick Haynes. Uh, me and Nick have been friends since 2005, um, which makes us both very, very old. And <laughs> Nick and I both start. I think actually Nick started coaching people a little bit before I did. And then I, I actually used to personal train Paul raise programs. Yeah, you did. You did actually. How so cool. there you go. Nick is the trainer of trainer of the trainer of trainers. Yeah. And uh, I wanted to have him on the podcast first and foremost, because obviously I highly respect Nick and what he's built in capital strength training systems, his gym here in Ottawa, Ontario, but also as a leader of people. And uh, I think that's something that we don't discuss enough is how you can, you know, give back to that next generation, but in a way where, you know, Nick has five staff now. Uh, 10, including the clinic. So, okay, in terms of coaches. Coaches, five, five coaches. Five coaches who all five, support five themselves and pay their yeah. bills and earn a living through what Nick has built. So Nick, welcome to the podcast, man. Thanks. Thanks to have me back. I guess, uh, yeah. this is the time. The first one was, um, during the pandemic at some point, I think. And yeah, it's been a little while, but I'm happy to be on. And thanks yeah, for the invite. Always a pleasure talking to you, bud. Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. Yeah, we we were on a, quite a bit ago, but, you know, since Tony left Coaches Corner University, kind of trying to rebrand it and focus less on, you know, I do want to have those X's and O's discussions because obviously in doing what you do, you have to have a, a deep knowledge of X's and O's. But yeah. I think as coaches, we need to go beyond that and realize that we're dealing with people. And uh, maybe before we start, I know last last podcast, yeah. you talked a little bit about your journey to get here, but yeah. if you could just maybe Cole's notes it for us, how Capital Strength came to be. Sure, yeah. Uh, try to go through this as quick as I can. You know, met Paul in 2005, did my undergrad in HK with no real vision of what I was going to do with it. I think early on, I thought I'd be like a physiotherapist or something. I, I learned quickly that wasn't for me. And I just honestly got a job as a personal trainer because it was kind of fell in love with lifting weights. And, you know, that's kind of what we both did, I guess, at that time, learning about anatomy, lifting weights and getting bigger and stronger. So I naturally got a job in it. It fit the, the, the university student schedule pretty well. By the time I got to fourth year, I was kind of at a crossroads of like, what do I do with my fourth year? We were mandated to do like a research project or an internship. Yeah. I wasn't really a big school guy, research guy. So I decided to do the internship and I had a contact, uh, Hassan, I don't know if you remember him, Paul. Yeah, yeah. Um, I had a contact with uh, Hassan, he, who was working at the time for the Ottawa Sport Performance Center. So I just kind of asked him like, hey, do you think, you know, they'd be willing to give me an internship he put me in touch with um scott actually at the time who was like kind of managing the facility got an interview got the the kind of the gig there so i kind of get now going from training general pop at the university of ottawa now i got myself into a scenario where now i was working with athletes which is like super new to me at the time but super exciting a lot of fun realized how much i loved it and how much more kind of like I don't know, like life it brought to like training and like the whole other side of training athletes. It was just like, yeah, it was you, also, it was, you also got the opportunity to like be around pros. 
Yeah, that's true. So like Chris Schwartz was like the mentor, the big coach at Ottawa Sport Performance Center at the time. So I got to spend the summer kind of learning from him and seeing how he worked with uh, pro hockey players. And then, you know, that fall, uh, we got into training like minor hockey. And anyways, like after the internship was done, you know, like I was there for 100 hours of like free training. They basically offered me a job mm-hmm. and I was still playing football for the Ottawa Sooners at the time. And they like, all the shifts that I was given were like conflicting with practice. And I, you know, wasn't going anywhere in football, although I really, really enjoyed it at the time. As you know, I really got yeah. into it. I had to basically pick like, do I keep playing junior football or do I, you know, take this job that's kind of leading me down a better path? And I, and I did. So again, didn't really think that I'd be like, in the strength coach realm. Um, but that's where I landed and I kind of like quickly fell in love with it and, and built a clientele, um, a following of athletes. We got to work with the 67s AAA program for like five years. Scott and I built a, a really large following of off season athletes, you know, from pulling kids in from the in season, they wanted to continue training with us throughout the summer. And I was there from 2008 uh, until 2013, uh, sorry, 2015. So it was seven years. Um, and, you know, keeping it short, um, we, we kind of realized that we were running someone else's business for them. It was a kind of a silent ownership style gym, which, you know, it, it works, but eventually people figure things out and figure that they can do it themselves. So right. we, uh, Scott, uh, and Eric, you know, another coworker of my time, we decided to kind of go out on a limb and make that leap of faith and uh, found our own spot. And that's how Capital Strength came to be in 2015 in March. It's a bit of a scary kind of transition, obviously never. Pretty quick too, from what I remember. Yeah. Like, you know, we were just coaches and we turned into like business owners, Um, you know, everything from getting the lease nailed down to kind of developing a business model and, yeah. understanding cash flow works and all that stuff was all brand new and super stressful uh your dad was actually a key part in the contract negotiation and for the lease and to this day there's still a couple of really solid clauses in there that have saved my butt a couple of times so props to joe shout, shout out, out to joe. shout out to big joe yeah um, um let's, yeah, let's so pause for- where, you know from 2008 to 2015 spending time as a performance coach and then eventually opening up my own facility So I want to pause for a second because I think it's important to highlight the importance of recognizing, like, obviously we're both going to be super biased when it comes to promoting entrepreneurship because there's no better feeling than building something that's your own. Mm -hmm. When you're in a situation where, like, obviously at your former gym, there were some values that didn't align. There were some resources that you were wanting and didn't, couldn't get. Yeah. And it got to a point where you're at a bottleneck that drastically affected your enjoyment of the of the work you were doing and the people that you were helping. Correct. And you took a big risk, but you did it in an attempt to enhance the service you could provide others. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, a ton of things that we want to change with like, you know, even just like the layout of the gym, the way the sessions ran, the culture itself. Like we did kind of take over the culture of the gym, but when you're running it your own way, there's going to be things. And when, like, when, when you decide the budget for equipment for this and for that, you can do more things. Right. And you know, the direction of the gym was going in a different direction. You know, they wanted this, they wanted a spin studio and a skating treadmill. And these are just things that like, weren't aligned with like the core of what we did. 
Mm-hmm. And it just kind of took away from, yeah, I guess the vision that we had. So it's like, all right, well, let's, let's take our vision somewhere else. And, and that's what we did. And, um, you know, the, the building that we now are in was much bigger than we ever expected to be in. Yeah. Had, a room, had a lot of room for growth, had a lot of potential. Um, and it fit the vision that we had. It was just like, like I said, bigger than what we expected, but it all kind of, it all kind of really worked out because, you know, here we are now with um, a clinic that operates out of the facility. I've got five practitioners um, and I've got plans to expand that whole portion of the business because it's, it's been doing fantastic and it's a, it's a lot of fun to kind of run that part. And we've got a lot of great clinicians. Um, it, just, it just fits our, our now our new kind of model that we have where people kind of have a one-stop shop where they can, you have a lot of lifestyle members, you know, your mm-hmm. mom and your brother, your family is part of that big time part of that where they like to train and then be able to get treated so they can continue training and basically, um, basically take advantage of optimizing their, 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 their health and wellness all within one spot where clinicians work with coaches to provide the best service for their clients. So yeah. really proud that that's kind of where we're at now. It was always a dream to, to bring that side of things together with the strength and conditioning and now we have it and it's uh yeah it's it's incredible it's a it's a cool feeling to especially yeah especially when you have a business built on strength and conditioning at the core you have to have the recovery portion dialed Mm -hmm. in and -hmm. if you have that all under one roof i mean from a business perspective from an from a service offering perspective it's a lot easier to make that offer to a club team or to even a professional franchise say hey come in We've got everything you need under one roof. Yeah. We train you. We can rehab you and get you ready for the season. All right here. Yeah. Like our, our hockey guys love it in the summertime because they can get treated, work out or work out, get treated. And our, like I said, our, our lifestyle members, our capital crew members, um, super enjoy it. I mean, what more can you ask for when the person that just provided you physiotherapy is now behind the scenes talking to your strength coach or your personal trainer to try to, you know, make a, make a plan that, that fits, that fits and is going to get you back to where you want to be. Right. It's just like, it's ideal. It's super integrated. Mm-hmm. And that's why people love, I guess the service we provide here because it, you know, as well as I do, like you, you might know some physios in this city and you know, some clients that are seeing them, but like often you guys exchange emails about that client, like, everyone's busy and it, it gets kind of dismissed yep. um, when you're working the same roof and like over your lunch, you can be like, you know, Hey, Dr. Dave, like how was your session with so-and-so? Like, what can I do in the gym to help them? Or what, what do I, what do we need to modify together to get them there? So it's like those conversations happen more frequently now. And so it's, it's all for the client's benefit. So yeah, I think the value of the service we provide is just like another level up there because of that here. Absolutely. And it's one thing that I made sure of when we, started to grow master athletic performance was I wanted to have some practitioners on staff that we Mm -hmm. can say, okay, you need to learn how to communicate with us on these clients. We'll refer you the clients, you treat them and then get them back to us. You know, at first it was, it was Yannick. um, He's awesome. He's friends with Dr. Day. Great, great guy. Um, And now Carly McInnes, who's one of our coaches uh, is just taking her physiotherapy like certification exam. Uh, so she'll be certified as well. So she can get more referrals and, and having all of that under one roof. We even have a mental health provider that we uh, refer out to as well. So Huge. 
I think it's. I might, need to get, I might need to get that contact for me because that's something that we're we've had kind of in and out, but we need something steady. So that'd be cool. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, so one thing that I do want to touch on when you're building out any sort of any sort of service oriented industry business, yeah, one thing that you see in all of the high performers, all the people who have sustainable businesses, like you mentioned, you started your business 2015. Right. Mm -hmm. So now we're, we're in almost nine years into this thing yeah. and you're growing year over year. Your yeah. business is only expanding. And the one thing that I see that's most common is community community mm -hmm. where when people are either, you know, when we talk about master athletic performances, you're a part of the team. Yeah. You talk about capital strength that you, it says right on your website, we're a family. Yeah. It's truly really helping feel in here. It's, it's been really cool to see that kind of, being able to be fostered in here and it is really like what it's a differentiator right yeah it's a differentiator when people are looking at gyms it's like and we get the comments all the time that you you walk in you just feel like you're part of the family you feel like you're part of the community everyone knows your name you're seeing the same people it's kind of like high school in here in a sense like if you're like a little bit a, you're like a new in class guy or girl you come in you see your new in class buddies you know and like you're catching up asking how your week's going and what what i love the most um, is when I hear that people that met at the gym are now like hanging out and doing stuff outside the gym. Like that to me is like, yeah. that's fucking cool. You know? Yeah. That's I, cool. I think it's perfect because, you know, like I mentioned that sustainable model, what brings them in the door is probably going to be, you know, you have really great branding. Uh, when they come in, they're greeted by someone who's smiling and very knowledgeable. Yeah. Uh, the, the gym is, is clean. The equipment is well-kept. That's what gets them in the door. But what keeps them there and keeps them there for a really long time is because they feel part of something. That's right. That's right. We're all, yeah. we're often told the vibes are unmatched. The vibes. <laughs> the vibes. Yeah. So, <laughs> and that can be, you know, uh, like you said, it's, it's, it's the community feel, the family feel. I think there is like a vibe in here when we have a class going on, you have a lot of like, you're surrounded by like-minded minded individuals that are trying to start their day with the best foot forward. Like it, it is a bit of a vibe, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty cool. People are showering, putting their suits and ties on to go to work. And it's uh it's cool, man. It's uh it's a special thing. It's, I think it's a part of the business. It's a big part of the business now that, you know, when we came together to open it, never really thought about it's just like let's just open up a really cool gym to train athletes in right and and now it's more like this this hub for community where people get their fitness in um but there's so much like friendships and so much more value than just the fitness aspect it's right. uh it's i have two questions two questions on that so the first one being obviously having a community that is family oriented brings with it the risk that if someone comes in that doesn't fit that mold, it can completely destroy it. Have you dealt with that or is that something that you address? No, I mean, it's funny actually, like a few weeks ago for the first time in eight years, I had someone tell me, um, she was asking about a refund and um, I said, okay, well, is there something that I could, can I, can I help you with? Like, I'm happy to refund you if this isn't a fit for you, but is yeah. there something like you can pinpoint that's just not working? She said, there's no, there's, there's no sense of camaraderie in here. There's no sense of community in here. And it's hard for me not to laugh because it's like, that's the number one thing we hear for most people is like the community vibe in here is so strong. It's like what keeps people here. Yeah. 
Um, and I, I think this person is a bit more of introverted, um, maybe has some other stuff going on upstairs. I mean, I don't know her that well. Um, and she ended up staying, but um, that's probably the only, you know, instant instance that I've ever kind of had any kind of pushback or any, yeah, any like complaint about the community vibe. Everyone really, I think, comes in and realizes that something for them or it's not. Yeah. Most people, like we do the two free trials and I would say, Paul, like seven to eight times out of 10, they do one trial or two trials and they're, they have a class pass or they have a membership following that because. Well, that's a great indicator. <laughs> well, it's just like, yeah, our conversion's really high. Um, if you come in, you try it. It's like, what's not to like, you know, it's, it's bright. It's vibrant. There's high energy. There's very kind people in here. There's most likely if you're here, you're going to find like-minded individuals like yourself. Yep. The workouts, I think, especially our strength workouts, there's nothing really like it in the city. Mm -hmm. I mean, CrossFit would maybe be the only thing that kind of compares, but we're not CrossFit. So that's like our differentiator too. It's like you, you get a rack yeah, yeah. to yourself for the most part. You're doing like barbell movements, dumbbell movements. You're not on it. We do use a clock obviously to keep the pace going, but like you're not just doing like circuit training. It's strength work and and you're training like an athlete. You're, you're training you're... like an athlete, and and like there's ten squat racks in here, so you kind of feel like you're part of a team training session when you're in here. And that was kind of the, the initial vision we had was when we wanted to buy our equipment and decide the layout. It's like we wanted to look and feel kind of like a college weight room in here, where everyone can do the same thing at once. Mm -hmm. As our previous facility, we were limited to racks and space, and the layout that was kind of already designed. I mean, didn't it? it worked but it, it could have been a lot better so you know once we got here it's like okay let's do it the way we really want to do it and i mean you can even just see through the pictures it's like we got two lanes of racks on the outside lots of open space so when it comes to like group training team training off season and athletic development the sky's the limit in here we can pretty much do everything and anything that we want to um and like i said it all comes back to kind of feeling like you're part of a team when you're in here so it's yeah that's exactly how I describe it. People are like, well, what are the classes like? I'm like, picture a team of athletes training together and that's how yeah. you're training, but you're yeah. just not competitive athletes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and I think that's what people love. Like, and honestly, nowadays our, 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 uh, our membership, there's so many ex-athletes, whether it's like NCAA or Canadian Institute, mm -hmm. uh, University Sports or ex-junior hockey, swimmer, whatever it is, like, you grow up being an athlete training is such a large part of your lifestyle. Absolutely. You know, when you're done sports, it's like, well, I, you know, either it usually goes one of two ways, either like I'm burnt out. I need a friggin' break. I don't want to work out anymore. I don't want to have that structure in my life. I just want to kind of relax mm -hmm. or it's like I need to find a way to keep this going because I know it's good for my, my longevity, my, my lifestyle, my health and well being. where can I kind of keep this up, but not play sports. And like, that's kind of where people yeah. land here. So it's, it's pretty cool to have. And like those, those, those members now come with like this cool competitive edge. Yeah. Other members are feeding off of, you know, some guys are training in here and their jerseys up on the wall from, from playing hockey at, at pro level. And now they're working out in our classes and members know that and they love that, you know, like it's uh it's, and, and then for me, again, I think opening the gym, it's something that I never really thought would happen and just never yeah, I just never thought about it. It's like 
my athletes, you know, they, they graduate from sports or retire and then it kind of comes full circle. Now they're capital crew members training with everyday population. And it, it's like, a, it's a full circle. You come in as an athlete, you train for three, four, five, six, seven summers, and now you're back, but you're a lawyer or a business yeah. guy or a doctor, a dentist, an investment guy. And you're now you're still in the gym, but just in a different capacity, but you still get to experience that same kind of energy in the gym. And you still get that same, that same feeling when you leave. It's just a little bit different now. Did you find that pivoting your, well, I shouldn't say pivoting your business, but the business was founded on athletes being being an athlete performance center yeah have you noticed that as the capital crew or like for lack of a better word like the gen pop type of programming has grown in popularity mm-hmm. that it's taken away from the edge that your sports performance programs have uh wouldn't say it's taken away from the edge more so i think myself as the visionary for the business has realized that in terms of business and revenue, I don't want to say chasing athletes, but like trying to recruit athletes all the time that are eventually just going to retire and leave. It's not right. It's a great revenue stream. I'm not going to knock athletic training as, as a bad revenue stream. It's a great revenue stream, but it's a revenue stream that requires a lot more work. I'm not trying to say that I'm lazy, but when you see, definitely not lazy. (laughs) When you say the big, when you see the big picture, it's like, there's like a revolving door of athletes that are like in and out, you know, let's say the life average lifespan is could be from one to, I mean, I've been really fortunate. Some of the athletes I've been training, I've been training, you know, since the days that there's a reason for that. It's not fortunate, but okay. It's, um, you know, I've been training them for like, literally there's some guys have been training me for over 10 years. Um, but the, the sorry, what I'm getting at is like the life, the lifestyle people. Your, you know, your family, for example. Mm-hmm. These are people that like fitness is like part of their core being, and they'll always train yep. all the time for the rest of their life for as long as their body allows them to. So those people, I find, in terms of revenue stream, are going to be the longevity of that revenue stream. It's the the, the runway is so much longer because once they're in, they're probably not going to leave unless you do a bad job or they they move cities, you know, they're going to be with you forever. So that it kind of takes a little bit of the stress off of like trying to find new athletes every summer to be in your programs. These people are lifestyle people that aren't really going to go anywhere. So I think I, I kind of learned that over the summers that like, you know what, our, our eggs are kind of better off in the general pop basket because of, the way these lifestyle people look at fitness, it's not a means to an end. It's just a way of life. I like and that. I, I like the way you put that. I think, I think that um, seeing that and, and realizing that has kind of made me realize, well, you know what? I, I think that's probably where the business is best. That's the best direction for the business. So then more emphasis has been put on trying to grow our personal training, our small group training, our membership program and our classes, because that's where the lifers, we'll call it, are gonna are gonna live. Has and, there been has there been like a change in the I don't want to say like the percentage revenue, but like the percentage. Yeah, there has been. Yeah. I mean, I could go through the books and it'd be it'd be obvious. Like how I mean, I'm not gonna give exact percentage no, here, but just like you know, we might have been like 70 30 athlete to gen pop in the earlier days i think it's kind of slowly almost flipped oh really that much 
Yeah, maybe it's like 60-40 gen pop to athletes now. But, but if you include the clinic in the big picture now, and the clinic is very much part of the big picture now, it probably is 70-30, maybe even 80-20, because the percentage of people who see the clinicians, again, athletes are only here for a few months of the year in the summertime. We've got some you know, high school athletes that see us throughout the year, but in general, eight out of 10 people who walk in here now are probably just general pop. Um, aside from, you know, certain times of the year, I mean, we have, you know, a great contract with, uh, Ottawa's largest and Canada's largest volleyball program. You know, they've been a, a strong partner of ours since our inception in 2015. Those guys probably make up the majority of our athletes. Now our summer program is, I wouldn't say shrinking, but just with evolution, like some of our athletes that we've had in 2015, like a lot of them now are are graduated or gone some are still around believe it or not you're still healthy and able to play their sport um and i'm still i'm always going to try to run a hockey program because it's something it's a passion of mine is where my career's kind of started my next question i'm always going to run a hockey program and now we have the name in the city when you google like hockey training in ottawa we probably come up first you know just because just naturally on google because that's you know people look for us um we've got a really good reputation within the city i still get referrals all the time from parents and you know parents of players who used to train here it's like hey i heard you know my neighbor down the street they used to train with you i heard you guys are great so we'll still get those referrals and we always will run an athlete uh, hockey program sorry but the majority of the energy that i, I put into the business is really just going to continue to revolve around the general pop because that's uh from a business standpoint that's just what makes the most sense I think it's important for people to hear that because, you know, we, everyone who comes up as a strength and conditioning coach, like, I want to work with athletes. I'm like, okay, that's cool. But yeah, from your experience, like how did oh, your sure. career was solely focused on athletes yep. and, and you reached a point of most people don't hear a story. You reached a point of a point of burnout, overworked, underpaid, underappreciated, not to say like in the private sector is it different than the, the, the school or the, absolutely, the college absolutely. um you know we're, we're we're better paid less overworked but it's still a labor of love you know working with athletes it's still there's so much more that goes into it than just the hour that they're here there's programming and text messaging and managing and you know, and all that kind of stuff so yeah it um that's where I started. I'll always have love for that part of it and I'll always want to train athletes and I'm very passionate about it still but I think our, our direction has slightly changed because we just realized what works best for the business. And, and, uh, and yeah. 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 I'm, I'm glad you, I'm glad you went through that. Cause my question was going to be, how do you balance, you know, running a successful, sustainable business with actually, you know, doing stuff that you're really passionate about. And that's not to say that you're not passionate about helping people get more fit. No, you have a, you have a true passion for training that youth athlete and seeing them, progress in their sport it's the, it's the it's, coolest man it is different man it's different and, and i i'll be the first to say that i miss being in a weight room like that every single day yeah i and i've had to go through like multiple identity shifts like i went through an identity shift when i left college strength during uh, strength conditioning where i was like i'm never gonna coach again oh yeah just totally resenting the field yeah and then then i was like okay well maybe i can coach a little bit and then i was like okay now i only coach powerlifters. Yeah. And then now powerlifters probably make up the minority of my clients. 
And now I pivoted again. And now I coach other coaches for the most part. Yeah. So it's, it's, we go through these evolutions and I still coach athletes. Yeah. I still coach powerlifters. So I get a little bit of the thing that I really, that really lights my fire. But mm-hmm. I've also seen very direct parallels in the victories of my lifestyle clients that light my fire just as much right. as the for victories sure. of the, you know, the athletes. Sometimes sure. more. For a hundred percent. And from, and for me looking back, like, you know, I've, I've seen guys go from AAA to the NHL and that's like super cool. Super that's cool. much all a strength coach could ask for is watch them go from like minor sports to professional sports. That's the dream, but it's just as cool to watch someone rehab an ACL and get back to sports or get an, an older person, get a hip replacement or a knee replacement and go back to playing pickleball or cycling or like that's, yeah. That's just as cool because that journey is just as important to them as it is for that athlete. Yeah. So it's all about just like appreciating the journey that they're on and like the milestones that they need to reach to get to that next level and helping them get through that. So it's, uh, yeah, it's been, it's been cool. And it's been, I've been fortunate enough to be able to, you know, train the gen pop, train the athlete, do the, the rehab setting. And it all kind of gives you that same satisfying feeling just in different ways. So obviously as you grew, um, you had business partners. Now you're a solopreneur. Yeah. Now you have, you started with, I think one coach, one admin who became a coach and now yeah. you've got five I mean, coaches. In the, yeah. In the very beginning, it was just uh, the three of us, not really knowing how to run a business, just kind of training our own clients and trying to kind of do what we did at the last place, but you know, better, I guess, with more of a, more of the stress where it's like, okay, like we need new people in here now to pay the bills, not just to put money on your paycheck, but to pay everything else. Right. Um, yeah. And in the beginning you do everything like, you know, I answer the phone. Yeah. You answer payroll, the phone, all the payroll, all the scheduling, all the programming, um, pretty much coaching every hour that was on the floor, um, everything like just absolutely everything. And it, it took, um well there's just lots of learning that happened within you know those years but for those who don't know i went from you know being in a partnership of me and two other guys with three of us then to just two of us and then just myself and without knocking the other guys at all like the business really took off and it was just me kind of in the driver's seat um but it was an adjustment for me too because when i entered the driver's seat i was still doing all of the back end stuff and as much coaching as I could handle. Obviously I, you know, we hired coaches at that time because I just needed the manpower, but then it took, you know, like relinquishing duties and responsibilities and having trust in those that are working for me that I believe in to to take on responsibilities that were once mine. um, And to, to trust that they just, well, it's not just to trust, like you coach, you, it, it comes from coaching them up and training them up and having them buy into the vision that you have and, right. um, and then eventually handing off responsibilities to them to now make them feel like they're more part of the business, which I think has been um, a huge one for me is like, you know, you give people more responsibility and they're proud about that. They're going to only work harder for you and they're going to get more results for themselves and for you. So, you know, relinquishing more and more duties to give, other responsibilities to others to get them more involved in the business so that I could 
I mean, like step back and just like keep working on the vision of the business, but that requires me not being like in the trenches of the business. So it was tough because like for a long time, everyone who walked in was like, I want to train with Nick. I remember having that conversation with you. I was like, how, was long, so how long can you do this, man? Like, it's so stressful. Like I, I was here from 6 a.m. till 10 p.m. several nights a week, living in Stittsville at the time and making like, like a, my alarm clock would go off at four and I'd be home after 10, like 1030, yep. barely seeing my, my wife at the time. Uh, she's still my wife, but I mean, at the time, <laughs> at the time she was in nursing school. So for me, it was, we were both heavily grinding. So it kind of like it meshed well in, in a way. Um, we were both kind of like chipping away at our own, uh, our own future. And um, yeah, like there's so many drives home at 10 o'clock at night in the middle of winter being like, what the fuck am I doing? Like, how am I oh, doing yeah. that? You know, and yeah. it was the only thing that got me up in the morning was like, if I don't do this, the business fails. And the other thing was like, every time the alarm would go off at four and I'd be in my car by like 4.45, it's like, how many other fucking people in the city right now or even in this country or the world are doing what I'm doing right now yeah. like getting up at the crack of dawn to go and try to run a business and make it successful like for me that was the fire itself just like and forever and I think a lot of people will remember this like every time I'd open the gym I'd film like the dark oh, yeah. and the lights and I'd stamp the time like 5 a.m or whatever it was and it's just like letting people know like I'm fucking I'm, I'm swinging hammers, man. I'm, I'm in the trenches. I'm deep here. I'm doing something that you're not. It wasn't to pump tires. It was more like, I don't know, just to like somehow it kind of motivated me. Like that thought of like, I'm up before like everybody I know and I'm already working before most people even had their breakfast. I've already like worked a couple hours of my day. So, well, there's that, there's that was like a like, fire in itself. If you, if you want, if you want extraordinary results, you have to undergo extraordinary measures. Right. Yeah. And yeah. if, if you are the one who is in the driver's seat and you take ownership over that process, man, you can do whatever you want, but, yeah. but you have to be willing to do it. But yeah, it was a grind, man. I, I look back and it's just like, I'm glad I did that at the time before I had kids and, um, well, just at the time that I could do that, you know, like I said, Casey was in nursing school, she was grinding, um, it just kind of, it worked. It was like the perfect timing for me to be working as hard as I did because it didn't really interfere with anything else. The gym was like my one and only concern in life almost like, and it, and it paid off. Cause I mean, here, here we are, here we are almost nine years later, the gym has expanded tremendously since, um, it's grown tremendously since I've got 10 people that work for me now. At one point it was like just the three of us partners and that was it. So yeah, it's, it's been really cool. And I love the fact that I can, like you said earlier, like I've got 10 people who work for me who can pay their bills and who can have Dude, the that's, life. That's that insane. Want. For me, like every time I, I was able to do that, it, it's a very satisfying feeling being able to like create a, help someone create a career for themselves. Yep. And it's still something that I'm pretty much solely focused on is like making sure that everybody who works for capital is happy with their job is loving their work environment is making good money is finding ways to make more and to try to find that life balance because we all know like you're starting out as a coach there's early mornings there's late nights there's weekends the hours aren't 
conventional. It's not an eight to four job. You don't just clock out. You know, when you go home, you have programs to do and you have thing, things to, to to finish off for the following day. But I mean, making sure that everyone feels like they're making progress um, and able to sustain themselves. And I think if everyone loves their job, loves, uh, loves their job, loves their workspace, their 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 work environment and is happy making what they're making it's like why would anyone ever leave yeah. right i think that's a hallmark the, the hallmark of a great leader is the turnover of their employees right like yeah. you, you don't want to be a, a leader of people who just fucking you what's the what's the quotes like uh why would i build these people up in case they leave well it's like what if they stay yeah like <laughs> and and my goal is to make it like make make everyone's life so try to make everyone's life so great that they would never want to leave or that the grass can't be greener on the other side. Yeah. Um, you know, and part of that for me was like, you know, we, we were contractors at, at the previous gym and that was kind of a stressful thing at the time I was like younger and, you know, trying to organize your finances. Like right away, it was like, no, we're gonna have employees here because it cost me a couple tough mistakes financially, like learning how to be a contractor, manage your money, put your taxes aside. I didn't want that to be a deterrent for anybody here. So it was like, it's going to cost me a little more upfront, but I'm going to make everybody an employee here so that they feel like they have some more security and less worry. And then just trying to pump everyone's tires and get everyone as busy as possible so that it becomes a sustainable career. Cause you know what, in the fitness industry, it's very tough to make it as a coach. Um, and there's a lot of different models out there. And I mean, mine's not perfect, but it's kept staff here with me. Like everyone that's been with me. Um, I mean, like Alexa has been here since almost day one. Yep. Ian, Ian since like shortly after year one. Um, and there's no sign of them going anywhere because every year they make more money, work less hours and just get closer and closer to the dream. Right. And yep. they love coming to work and work doesn't feel like work. I like to think I'm a pretty reasonable guy to work for. I feel like I'm just friends with everybody. I'm definitely not the whip cracker at all. I just I try to make everyone's uh, everyone's life here as 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 great as possible, and that's kind of like my my goal now is just to focus on keeping the staff happy while obviously trying to keep the business running as smoothly yeah, as possible and growing and keeping new business coming in here. But my job has definitely changed a lot in the last eight to nine years, and um, I'm exactly where I'd want to be and the business is exactly where I'd like it to be for now. And we're on a trajectory for success. So everything's kind of working out. When it comes to hiring people, what's yeah. like one piece of advice that you would give? I mean, nowadays, like all the, like the resumes that I get, like most people are fairly educated and it's not really worrying about how much they know or how much experience they have because I can I can teach people how we coach here at Capital Strength. We mm -hmm. can teach our systems, we can teach our coaching style. It really comes down to personality for me. Are you going to be that people person that loves to work with people, that loves to help people, that can tolerate a fast-paced work environment? Um it's more of a, a personality thing now. Um, and we're lucky we have like the internship program with Ottawa U where we've been fortunate enough to hire probably half of the staff. The last three or four hires have, have come from the Ottawa U program. So I get like 
you know, 100 to 120 hours, I think it is now to watch how someone works, watch how they interact with clients, with athletes, how they handle the stress of being a coach and being in the driver's seat, being in front of a group of people. Because like the programs are, it's not how well you can write a program. Like the programs could be written for you. I mean, yes, there is some program writing to do, especially as you get into the personal training realm, but it's not really that because that, that can all be taught and learned. It's mm-hmm. like, you have a personality to like gain trust from someone, to build a relationship with someone, to communicate well with someone. If you can, if you can do those things, then I think this industry has a lot to provide for you. I agree. If you, if you can't really be with people and you're a dick and you want to be like this alpha coach, that's just like my way or the highway. And you don't really care what happens to your client after the hour is done. You know, they'll make some money, but how far will you get? I don't know. Um, not very. So, I'll tell, the, I know, not very. Yeah, the, the 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 personal side of this business, I think, weighs a lot more than the X's and O's side of this business. Well, again, that's why why we want to have this conversation. And while you were talking, I was reminded of two two things. One, which is awesome, and that's you know Lex being your first hire. And I remember when she came in, she's like super quiet and timid. And then yeah. now she's like loudest person on the floor oh, yeah. in everybody's ear, just motivating and helpful. It's like complete, she's, complete 180. There. She's a superstar. Yeah. She's everyone's favorite and yeah. she's an absolute pit bull in here when she needs to be oh, yeah. um, runs the show really. So it's uh it's cool to see, but I mean, that's someone who was super invested right off the get go, who continually wanted to learn more and have more responsibility who absolutely thrives in an environment with other people. Um, it's like huge personality and great personality. It just totally fits the fabric of what you need to be a coach. So the other, yeah. the other thing that jumped out to me was, you remember you had that intern who I, who you brought me in and just <laughs> yeah. got, got to fuck with them a little bit. Yeah. So, I mean, we've had streams of students from Algonquin and Ottawa U and let's just say that our, uh, our students from Algonquin, uh, we don't get too many of them anymore. No knocks in Algonquin, but it's just, you know, there's a, a different type of person I think that you get um, from the university. Like you just got to grind more in university. There's a lot more, you get them in their fourth year versus like their first year of college. So it just kind of prepares them for the job a little bit more. But I mean, we maybe hire one intern out of five or six every year. So like, it's not like we hire everybody. You really got to stand out within the group of peers that you're in mm-hmm. and you know uh donnie michelle bianca those are oh, five yeah. people who, who stood out um within their peer group and really showed passion for the the industry and the business and people most of all i have a know. question actually that i didn't even occur to me to ask you this but it's just it came up so obviously there's been a change in the type of youth athlete that you're going to see from more so from like a personality and learning style standpoint yeah have you seen that and if so how has capital strength or you as a coach pivoted your approach to accommodate Mm. um oh it's a tough one Define the change that you're that you're seeing, I guess. So okay, that that that's totally fair. So and I don't inherently think it's a bad thing. So 
a lot of people do that they will trash talk that you know this the youth this day and age are so entitled and you know they want everything right now and they're impatient and they don't listen um i've kind of taken a different approach in that they learn completely differently and mm-hmm. they want to know what's the best thing to do because they feel like they shouldn't waste time doing anything less than the best mm-hmm. but what ends up happening is unless they're bought in they just won't do shit and won't listen to you. Yeah. So, yeah, so I'll, I'll run with that. I think creating that buy-in is the, um, is the key is the foundation to having someone succeed within our program. I feel like today's youth and just everybody in general now, it's like everyone wants results now, like yesterday, right? Like it's not the process. It's like, I want the result. Mm. It's tough because the life we have now, it's like you want something, you order it online, it's at your door tomorrow. Like that's just the life we live now. It's like if you want something, you can get it. With training, it's never going to be like that. It's so process oriented, as you know, and you're really amazing at outlining the process for your clients. And I think that's the approach that you need to take. A little bit harder for the younger minds to really wrap their head around, but we're lucky in here. It's like we can kind of point to like, so it's like you see those jerseys on the wall it's like those guys were your age when they started amazing yes they bought into the process trust me i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna provide the process for you it might not be as fast as you want it to be but if you come in and put in the work you know week after week we're gonna get closer and closer to the outcome or the goal and there's also like a give and take where it's like you get the younger kid who's in here who's like Oh, like, and I saw these guys doing this exercise and that exercise and like things are like way beyond their capacity. Oh yeah. But you got to find a way to like sprinkle in a little bit of like the fancy stuff. Right. You know, make them feel like they're doing, you know, big boy, big girl stuff without getting them too far away from their athletic development needs at that age. Um, so you just kind of, kind of find a way to like get that buy-in, um, while still respecting your process that you know that needs to happen for them to get there. So I, I think you pointed, sorry to interrupt, but I love that you pointed out that like, it's it's a massive advantage that you have athletes all along that spectrum of That's from right. like, you know, fifth, 13 to 15 year olds, all the way to that, like pro at 30 years, twenties making money yeah. playing sports. Yeah, exactly. So we have that going for us. So we can kind of be like, if you do this, you can potentially get this. Um, so there's a bit more trust, I think, because of how established we are at this point and the athletes mm-hmm. that have come through here, but, um, yeah, it's a give and take, you know, it's like, you want to give them a little bit of what they want, but you need, you need to, you need their trust. You, you need to get them to buy in. And I think that's just where the magic happens. And that's not taught in school or, yeah, I mean, it's, you kind of need to like, it, gain the experience from doing it and you're going to fuck up. Like you're going to lose athletes. I've lost tons of younger athletes because they signed up. They see what our pros do. They're in the very fundamental stages of their training. They're 13. They want to do hang cleans and trap bar deadlifts and like crazy jump complexes. And it's like, you're not there yet. Like we're going to get you there. You're going to do lunges and somersaults, kid. You need to walk before you run, before you sprint, before you do this and that. So and again, like, and, and parents are a big pressure today too. And parents are very involved in the social media. And it's like, 
there's still a lot of parents, if not, there's more now than there ever was where it's like, if your kid doesn't leave absolutely crushed and sweating and exhausted, it's like, what kind of workout did you guys even do in there? Right. Okay. Like murdering your kid when he's in here, isn't necessarily going to get him to where he wants to be. I can do that, but that's not what I believe in. That's not the process that I know is going to get him to where he's going to be. So sometimes, you know, they'll come for a summer, they'll leave, they'll go get a back injury somewhere else. And then they'll come back and they'll be like, Hey, we're back. We kind of realized that yep. no, you guys actually had a point. Totally. So, so like, you got to be willing to like lose some clients to gain others or to get them back. You just got to stick to your guns, stick to your values and your morals and your principles of training and, you know, let the results speak for itself, but you're not going to win every single client over with your style. And I think you can just do your best job at trying to get them to buy in and, different ages require different things. Um, and yeah, at the end of the day, you just do your best and, you know, people are going to come and go and, you know, the ones that stick around are the ones that are, are obviously are bought into your plan and we'll get the results. So. I love it. I think, I think a big take home with everything you've set up to this point is that, you know, you're owning the process and you are doing the best that you can with what you have, but so you're also meeting the client where they are, right? You're, you have to understand where they're coming from and have a deep level of empathy so that you can turn it around and actually say like, Hey, I've, I've been in your shoes or I've had athletes in your shoes. I can get you to where you want to go. And this is, but at the same time, this is how we do things. If you don't want to do it that way, maybe this isn't for you. That's it. Man. That's and totally like, okay. And I, I think earlier on in this, in the stage of business and coaching, it's like, you want to keep that client so bad and you, you know, you'll, tell them whatever they want to hear. But I think, I think the, the, the moral to, or the, the, the hill to die on is more like, this is what I believe in. This is why I believe is going to get you to where you want to be. And if they're not in, they're not in I mean, like, not everyone is compatible with every coach. Not every training system is compatible with every athlete. Some people, some athletes love getting bagged for two hours, having sore backs at the end of the week and doing it all over again. Some people just thrive off that. That's not how we do things here. So it's like, yeah, you know, you can, yeah. Tell that to, to tell that to me at the end of a capital crew class, buddy. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I think like just being true to who you are and to your yes. coaching style and your coaching principles, what you know, it's is like is the is the best way forward um try not to be something that you're not or try not to sell something that you don't have just to keep that person paying for their sessions like it's not worth it at the end of the day you want to build your brand and your reputation off people that believe in what you do and yeah i like that you mentioned that because i want to get into that like two two things lastly number one there's gonna be a link to capital strengths website in the show notes and shout out to Robin Gillingham, because when you talk about branding and when everyone asks me about branding, this is the website that I send them to. Oh, thanks, it's literally like if I see anything that's green and black, I know for a fact it's capital strength. Yeah. Yeah. He's done an incredible job. I've kind of like tried to stay out of his way and just like everything. <laughs> yeah. And obviously it takes you know, advice and stuff like that, but they've been phenomenal for us. And I think building your brand is a huge, huge part of 
building your reputation and you want a brand that's recognizable and brands aren't built overnight. It takes a lot of time. Absolutely. It takes a lot of time, a lot of sweat equity, um, a lot of persistence or consistency um, and just letting the results kind of speak for itself. But like, that's just like a compounding effect that again, just kind of takes time. Right. And I love, you know, hearing people like I'll get like texts or like Snapchats and it's like, someone with a capital shirt on like out in public or like yeah. hey, i played softball last night and like two of the guys were wearing like capital hats it's like yeah like the community's out there and they're proud of the brand that they represent I'm gonna my hat. It's, in the, it's, in the <laughs> it's okay it's okay um but yeah it's like the little stuff and like um you know we talked about we've talked about like clothing and stuff and when we make clothes it's never to make money it's marketing you yeah. want to make like a a cool garment that people are proud to wear to get your name out there, to create conversation in a hockey rink at a softball diamond in a restaurant at a concert, whatever. It's like, Oh, you go to Capitol. It's like, yeah, I've been going for years. I never see you. Oh, I train in the mornings. Oh, I train in the afternoons. It's like, it's yeah. the best. You know, it's like, yeah, it's just like little things like that. Instagram has been obviously really great at helping us grow our brand. Um, you know, our stories are just like a staple every day on our Instagram that has helped bring numerous people into the gym, tagging your friends or sorry, tagging members. And they repost it. And it's like, Oh man, that gym looks so cool. Like, where is it? What's it all about? They come and they try the trial, like I said, and they try a trial and then it's like, how do I sign up? It's just like, yeah, speaks for itself. So yeah, brand investing in the brand. That's something that earlier on when we were three or when we were two, that, I think again, like hard to convince other people to put money into marketing. Cause it's like, well, is it going to come back to us? When I lost my second partner um, for me, that was like, okay, this is time to double down on the brand. Like, yeah, 100%. like I need to double down this brand. So that's where like, you know, the website really changed. Um, I really doubled down on the Instagram and getting our brand recognized through that media, through that platform, started doing more clothes, started doing like, gifts at Christmas time, little keychains, coffee mugs, this and that, like just little things that you just do over time that helps build brand recognition. And now like capital strength, like it's funny, like, you know, I go to a restaurant and um, my buddies, like they always like, they do this just for fun. They'll like the waitress comes or waiter comes and it's like, you know, Hey, would you guys like to eat or drink? Well, it's like, Hey, by the way, you ever heard of Capital Strength? Like, oh yeah, yeah, for sure. It's like that place, like off of Saint Laurent. Like, all my friends go there, or like I know so many people go there just to kind of see what the brand is like in the city. And like, it's always like heartwarming for me, and kind of just like, wow, it's like, man, it's actually farther. The the brand has reached more people than I even know. Like, it's but it didn't happen overnight. It took eight years to get here, and like, I'm not done yet. So it's it's cool to know that like more people know about it than. and I think, and that the brand is being talked about and um, yeah, man, it's, uh, it's you cool. Brand. Uh, brand is a huge part of a growing business and a successful business. And it takes time. Do you know how many people have been, have actually been through the doors in eight, in eight years? How many people? Oh, yeah. I mean, thousands. Uh, that'd be cool. That'd be cool to figure out. Yeah. I wish I had a system in place. Like we were pen and paper until COVID and COVID made us go like, client management software right and that's yeah, that's when you put everyone on payroll because of the serb stuff yeah 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 right. i remember that yeah um okay so i have some quick hit questions so i'm gonna be mindful of your time yeah some are serious some are not so serious that's cool uh, first not so serious question what's yeah. one album you can listen to with no skips 
Oh man. Um, any genre, any genre. Uh, man. I don't know, like maybe some old Eminem, like infinite, um, any Wu Tang, um, that's where I thought you were going to go. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, honestly, I like, I love Dermot Kennedy too. Um, glorious sons. Like I'm, I'm into all kinds of different music. Uh, Michael Buble. I mean, oh, God. okay. Well, that question, <laughs> there's, there's, all, there's all, there's all kinds of albums out there, I guess. I mean, yeah. Hip hop's kind of like my favorite. There's a like Talib quality, like yep. some of that stuff, like nineties rap is kind of where my heart is. Okay. Uh, what are three books that you think every young entrepreneur should read? Number one would be The E-Myth. Okay. I might have a copy of it here. No, because it's currently... No, I have it. The E-Myth. I've got my thing on Blur. So this is the book that really kind of helped me understand what working in your business versus on your business was all about. And that's when I, I read it at the most perfect time for me. Um, because, uh, yeah, I was just like, so in the trenches and I was like, how do I get out of this? You mm -hmm. know? And then it's like, you know, building trust in other people and like letting them do some of the jobs that you don't have to do anymore. So you can do bigger, bigger jobs, you know, to right. get the business growing. So that's definitely one of them. Highly recommend, um, another one here is called, um, setting the table. Ooh. And this one, this one is more about like the whole people person aspect to the game. Um, it's, it's based on a hospitality, like a restaurant business, mm -hmm. but basically saying that, like, uh, I think he, he referred, I think that the, the coin that he, the toy, the term he uses is like, you want like 51 percenters. So like 49% can be like technical skills, but you want like just a little bit more on the personal side of things that can build relationships and make people feel like they're at home and build trust. Um, so that is uh that's a great one. That one really, really, again, like I already believe in that stuff beforehand, but like reading a book about it was, was, uh was, was quite eye opening and just made me double down on that stuff. And then if I had to pick another one, do you want, do you want it to be business or no, it doesn't, doesn't anything? Um, it's hard to pick a third, man. I don't know. There's, there's a few good ones in here. Um, Honorable mentions. The ones that jump off the shelf to you. Yeah. Where is it here? I don't know. This one's good. Just in, it's like kind of like marketing, um, soulful art of persuasion. Okay. Yeah, I actually this is a Luca Hasavar recommendation. Um, yeah, it's kind of like marketing, influencing, influencing people. Um, that was a that was a good one too. So yeah, those are three. I think I'd have a, a bunch of others that I'd put in third place. Uh, I was like really into to the reading books and kind of like inspiring myself back in 2018 when I went down to one coach it was like that's when I really 
start relinquishing duties and trying to grow as a business owner, as a manager of people and trying to find the direction I wanted the business to go in. So it's like working more on the business itself and not so much in the business because the business systems were pretty in place and the coaching, the programming was good, but I need to make sure everything else was kind of aligned with that. So yeah, those are three books. Okay. Five dinner guests, dead or alive. You plus five at a dinner table. Wow. Um, I'd put Arnold Schwarzenegger in there. I don't know if you've read his audio book or his real book or like even his Netflix documentary. Like I, I, had, no Netflix. Idea. I had no idea that guy was such a, uh, just like a go-getter, but people person, dream chaser, hard worker. Like his whole story now to me is like so inspiring. Um, Arnold. Um Dead or alive, eh? Yep. Um, I'd probably put um, <laughs> Casey, my wife. <laughs> I'll have my wife sit with me. Yeah, we'll put Casey in there. Um, I'd probably put Elon Musk. Okay. Like, yeah. Like just like brilliant mind. Um, I'd probably put Lex Friedman in there too. Joe Rogan. Okay. Yeah. That's four, maybe one more. Uh, trying to think of an athlete, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. It's a tough one. So many options. Well, decisiveness is not one of Nick's strengths, apparently. Yeah. Well, I mean, on the spot, fry people. Yeah, maybe Denzel Washington. Okay. Uh, put him put him, put him there. Yeah. Uh last question. And this is my yeah. favorite question. Uh, if there's one person that you would like to see on this podcast, who would it be? The caveat is you have to help me get them on the podcast. Okay. Um what which uh which realms do you think you you have left to cross off? Like anything. 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 Oh man, Arnold! You think you can help me get Arnold Schwarzenegger? So, okay, so it doesn't have to be someone that we can actually get. Yes, yes, you have to help me get them on the podcast. <laughs> okay, scratch Arnold. Never in a, never in a million years. I don't think we get his attention. Um, how about Bumfeld? Chris, see Bum. You can get him on my podcast. No, you can. I'll just like help. <laughs> anyway, no. that was a waste. All right. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, so I don't know who I have connections to that would really help uh, anyone that would be worth your interest. That's oh, all right, man. Mark um, Mathot. Mark Mathot. I oh, I would him. love to have Meth on the podcast. That's I a great one. I could, I could help. I could, I could help. Okay, I'll give him a shot. That's kind of, that's kind of like in his wheelhouse now. Is uh, you know, building his own brand and, and getting out right. in the media too. So I think, I think that would be a, I'm an honorable guy to get on for sure. Um. As we finish up, I do want to take the chance to mention that uh, Nick is raising money for the Movember Foundation. Uh, I am on his team, and you set a goal of twenty grand to raise this money for our team. I think as of this morning, we're at twelve thousand. 
which is amazing. So yeah. I will actually put a link in the show notes to the team's November page if you guys want to donate. November uh, is helping to support men's health initiatives worldwide, uh, not just on the physical side with different types of uh, cancers that affect men, but also on the mental health side, trying to prevent men from committing suicide. Fantastic foundation, uh, very near and dear to our hearts, and we're happy to support. Nick, thank you so much for being on the podcast, man. I really appreciate it. It's always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. You get a chance to hang out on Friday night. Yeah, I can't wait, man. Anytime you want to do this again, let me know. And for anybody listening, if you ever have any questions about, you know, the gym business that you think I might be able to help you in, um, feel free to use my contact and uh, reach out. Always happy to share on the experiences I have and try to help other people get better. Amazing. Thank you so much. Guys, please make sure to like, share and subscribe and we'll catch you on the next one.